Let us pray for illumination. Pour out your spirit upon us, O God. With your word enlighten us. Open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts. So that we might live in hope. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture this morning, reading this morning is from the 13th chapter of Mark. The first two verses are reading uh, take place at the temple in Jerusalem, the temple that had been built by Herod. It was very big and very impressive, 900 by 1,500 feet was that temple campus, temple grounds. That's three by five football field, if you think about it. <coughs> twice as large as the Roman Forum that had many temples and four times as large as the Acropolis in Athens that had the Parthenon. Starting in the third verse, Jesus talks with four disciples about things to come and along the way gives them and us three things to do before the apocalypse. So listen for the word of God. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Boy, that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he. And they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you ever get tired of taking the same old route to places you travel to regularly? Sometimes Betty and I like to take a different route home from the grocery store or off to the drugstore. We like to see what changes are happening in the neighborhood, but sometimes it's shocking when a big change happens, such as When we're riding along and notice that a house that was standing one day is gone the next with just a pile of rubble left. Well, in the first verses of our reading from Mark 13, one of the disciples remarks on what large stones made up the wall of the temple. In modern times, we're used to smaller building blocks or brick. 
so that it'd be easy for us to miss what a big change Jesus says is coming. Some of these very same stones they were looking at are now part of a retaining wall on Jerusalem's Temple Mount. You can go to that wall in Jerusalem, or like me, you can look it up on the internet and see pictures of these things. Either way, you'll find out that one of those stones is 41 feet long and is said to weigh about 600 tons. That's 1.2 million pounds. One of those stones is 15 feet wide and 11 feet and a half feet high. Now the largest one that's in what they call the master course of stones still standing is 44 feet long. That's just what's left of the building that Jesus said would be, and, and it was, overturned. Now because we're used to small blocks like this little brick here, think of this. Our sanctuary here is 28 feet wide, wall to wall there, and from that back door to the mural here from Indian is 40 feet. So you couldn't get one of those stones in this way. You could get it in sideways because from side to side with the wings here at the front, it's 48 feet. But imagine one stone, just one of the stones in that group is that huge, that long. Well, you could get it in here, but it sure would crush our floor, wouldn't it? <laughs> Well, the scene shifts to the Mount of Olives where the disciples ask Jesus a two-part question. When will this be? And what will be the sign that it's about to happen? And that's when Jesus gives them and us those three warnings that tell us what I've called three things to do before the apocalypse. First, he says to develop your lie detector skills. Well, what Jesus said was beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, and many will be led astray. Well, we face several kinds of what I would call false saviors. One thing, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of advertisements that we see on television or hear on the radio or see on the internet or get in the mail or that have one message. Buy this, and you'll be happy. Buy this. You'll be beautiful or handsome or smart or popular or safe or something. Buy this and it'll be great. That is the message that says, blessed are the buyers. Well, another false salvation comes in politics with a message that sometimes says, Vote for me and happy days will be here again, or some version of that. Or sometimes it says elect me or else it's going to get awful. <laughs> or sometimes they stay awful. Well, the biggest liar you have to watch out for, though, the biggest one is the one that we see in the mirror in the morning. The King James Version of the Bible, the verse we did, next verse after what we read, the ninth verse says, but take heed to yourselves, or the newer common English Bible says, watch out for yourselves. Because you see, so often we lie to ourselves. 
we rationalize. We try to protect ourselves from hard truths. So first, develop your lie detection skills. The second thing to do before the apocalypse is learn patience. Admit it, we're impatient, we want what we want, and we want it now. Somehow, we have something like an internal clock that gives us an idea how long things should take and any longer is intolerable, it's frustrating. And anybody rides I-40 between here in Raleigh or here in the beach, when it gets all clogged up, you know as soon as it's free, people don't just go 10 miles over the speed limit, go 20 or 30 to make up for that time they lost. If you want to see for a group of irritated, out of sorts, unhappy people, just go to some store where they open five minutes after they were supposed to, especially the day after Thanksgiving. Or go to almost any waiting room. Now, do you remember the compound question they asked Jesus? Tell us when this will happen and what will be the sign that all these things are to be accomplished? Well, aren't you kind of surprised Jesus, that Jesus didn't say what? You got somewhere else to go? <laughs> You got something else on your schedule? I have even read of people who believe that by virtue of something they do, like either supporting or opposing Israel, or something, that somehow they're going to speed it all up as though we can change God's clock. I don't think so. The third thing we're to do is to be hopeful. Despite wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and even famine, be hopeful. Jesus said, when you hear of those things, wars and rumors, wars, do not be alarmed. We're not to be alarmed, but hopeful. I believe that to be hopeful, well, basically saying be hopeful is another way of saying have faith. It reminded me of a science fiction television show called Firefly. In that show, a girl named River tries to fix the Bible. She says she finds contradictions and sees problems with some of the stories, and so she takes her scissors to some of the pages and she rips out other pages and takes a magic marker to other pages to fix it. In fact, recently on, uh, on Facebook, a group from New Zealand that I follow uh, jokingly offered a cut-and-paste Bible <laughs> just to make it very easy for you to make your own fixed Bible. Well, don't laugh too hard. Many have tried to do that, if not by printing their own edited version. In fact, Thomas Jefferson, I think, did that. But by ignoring the parts we don't agree with or that somehow don't suit our own views, our own situation. Well, in the TV show Firefly, this older, wiser character named Shepherd Book explains to this girl who was fixing his Bible her name was River. River, you don't fix the Bible. She says, but it's broken. It doesn't make any sense. He says, it's, it's not about making sense. It's about believing in something and letting that belief be real enough to change your life. You see, it's about faith. You don't fix faith, River. It fixes you. You got that? You don't fix faith. Faith fixes you.
Thanks be to God. Here are the three things to do before the apocalypse. First, develop your skills for detecting lies, those the world tells us and those we tell ourselves. Second, wait for it, wait for it, be patient. Third, don't try to fix faith. Let faith fix you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.